Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hey there, Pastor Bob here, Pastor Dave over there, and right there is the Divine Liz. Now, I think you need to grab a cup of coffee, unless you happen to be driving or parachuting, possibly. Mm. You might not want to have a cup of coffee in those two instances. Uh, Sit down and uh, listen to what we have to speak about today, because um, we are going to talk about the love of God. Now, that's a pretty intense thing. Now, uh, this is a big subject to be covering in one moment Mm -hmm. in time. We have to get it done in 35 minutes. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You cannot put a limit on it, right? (laughs) Just start ripping through the love of God is. (laughs) Well... Uh, first of all, I'd like to say it's it's a little cool here today, where we're filming from, and uh, sometimes the love of God, you know, can grow cold, mm. which is another whole other issue. So, if you see Liz shivering, it's not because her love for God is nice grown cold. It's nice. because she's actually just cold. That's it's not because lawlessness has increased. Lawlessness oh. is not increasing. It's just because she's Thank a little you chilly. For that disclaimer. I'm glad right. that needed to be. Clarified. I'm helping people out there understand because. Um, we're about to tackle a subject that is uh, pretty incredible, and I happen to have brought notes uh-huh. today. So that's okay. who knows what that could look like. Exactly. These aren't really notes; these are just questions to ask you guys because you both are so equipped to speak about the love of God. Uh, mm. Jesus, help! Right? What do you think, Liz? What do you think you're ready? I'm always ready. Oh, great! <laughs> okay, so. My first question to you both mm. are, and this is a great question, and maybe people listening should try to answer this in their own minds, but why were we given the love of God? Why were we given the love yeah. of God? Have you ever wondered about that? Mm-hmm. See, I told you I was going to make it hard on you guys today. <laughs> See, these guys, I've been pretty easy on them lately. <laughs> you but, mean, why did God love us? Yes. No, why were we given the love of God? Because apparently the love of God is in us once we've come to him, yes? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll talk about why did God love us and all that good stuff. But I want to know why. Did so, I stump you? To guys? love him I in love return. Him. To love him in return. So oh. he puts in us the very love that he wants from us. And he wanted, um, he wanted a bride. He wanted a helper. He wanted a counterpart that was like him. And so that's why he created humanity, to be loved. But God also is love, and he wants to receive love. He wants relationship. He wants intimacy. He wants connection with us. And he knows that in our flesh, we have no love to give. Paul said, in my flesh, there dwells nothing good. Um, I know in my flesh, I'm not a very loving person. <laughs> I don't have any love. Um, if It takes God to love God. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit and the life that he puts in us. Which, by the way, it says, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent in John 17, three. And so this life he's given us, this love that's in us, it's a, it's a living love. It's a living life. Like Charles Wesley said, it's this living life. And if we're not living that life in intimacy with him, we're, we're sort of wasting it. We're burying our talent. We're not loving him in return. We're not stirring up our love. Um, we're not giving him what he paid for. We're not giving him what he deserves. Um, and I know that in ourselves, we, we can't do that. But like you said, God's given us his love so he could know us. Wonderful. So we could know him. And if, if we're trying to do our, our faith journey without that, 
it's just, it's a total waste without that intimacy and without the experiential knowledge of God. It's, you know, that's why we signed up. I mean, I hope, I hope people want that and they yeah. want to know him. I don't know if, does that answer your question? This one, uh, you know, this is why Pastor David's a pastor because he's really equipped and ready to answer these things. Mm -hmm. I love that. So in summary, what you just told me is that the reason we have and have been given the love of God is because God had to equip us to love. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Is that a reasonable summary of what we just you just mentioned? That is an amazing thing because we pretty much lack everything Absolutely. without him. <laughs> right. And oh, then, and so I think people talk about the love of God and it goes off in so many directions and we will today too. We'll go into every direction. <laughs> I'm positive. But what about you, sister Liz? Wow. <laughs> I'll come up with new names for you. Why did God yeah, give yeah. us his love? Yeah. Why? Uh, I, you know, it's yeah. my why question. I know. Your yeah, why. I know. I know. We start with why. It's right. Good. It's a good reason. <laughs> uh, I believe because he wants us to be like him and you can't be like him without love without his love. And I love, I love that uh. everything that God <laughs> requires of us to be one with him, to be like with him, he supplies for us. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, he is love. You cannot be God-like without his love. That's just, I don't know. I mean, that's too simple of an answer, but yeah. I just. I like simple answers. Okay. I mean, if you want to be like him, you have to love like him. And you can't do that, like David was saying, on your own. It has wow. to come from yielding to his love and letting it um, letting it manifest through you and yielding to that and uh, being a conduit. You know what I think, too, wow. is that you're a total wretch if you have no ability to love. And God doesn't want us to live as complete wretches, these curmudgeons. I'm using these words Curmudgeon. right now. Just <laughs> like a stingy person that's yeah. just out for themselves, um, ambitious, right? Um, competing, always hard-edged not able to think beyond themselves. That's no way to live. It's like Liz said, it's not how God lives. Right. It's not his nature. Right. It's not in his nature to be selfish because he's love. And love is the antithesis of pride and self-absorption. And so, but if you live in that self-absorption and pride, you live such a miserable life. I don't know if you've ever walked through seasons like that. I know I have. Yeah. Where I only cared about myself and I only thought about the wrongs I was suffering from people and how to defend myself and how to prove myself. And I had no love in me. My love was completely cold, right? I wasn't stirring it up in relationship with God. And it's a wretched thing. Like Paul said, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? But he says, thanks be to God through Jesus. Well, now this is not one of my intense questions, but what I'm hearing now also is that if we don't have the love of God, then in fact, or when, let's put it this way, when we don't embrace the love of God, then in fact what we are doing is separating ourselves from God. Absolutely. Right? But but who can separate us from the love of God? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in all creation. <laughs> or what can, right? And uh, I don't believe you can be separated from his love towards you. Yes. But I believe you can absolutely decide to not yield to it, to not receive it, mm -hmm. to not embrace it. <clears throat> Excuse me, and right. to not yeah. to not um, manifest that in return, to not let it flow through you in return. Yeah, I, it's interesting because um, uh, when I ask myself that question, you know, like what can separate me from the love of God? You know, mm -hmm. I this, you know, and I I usually come up the at the end of it, I go me, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, we yeah. can uh, now. I realize that positionally with God, He's still the same 
right. you know, toward us. I get that, right? So I don't want the theologians to go nuts out there. But um, but I realize my position toward him or my the way I approach him changes. It it changes if I because I I'm actually able to separate myself from looking at him that way, like you were saying, how you think of yourself, you know, the wretched man that I, you know, and so, uh, or just plain old sin and iniquity that Mm -hmm. pretty much do that too. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, it's an interesting thing, uh, how we can get toward God and how we can, uh, either approach and embrace his love or reject it. He actually gave us, Mm -hmm. he, we didn't lose that ability when we came to him. Mm -mm. Which is an interesting thing. Yeah, and yeah. how sad that we would reject his love. Uh huh. <laughs> well, we got we got the upper room discourse, which is you know John thirteen through seventeen, and the disciples are about to be sifted. They're about to deny Jesus, and Jesus is saying like the world's going to come against you. The world there's going to be tribulations, mm-hmm. but here's how to sit in my love. Here's how to abide in my love. Yeah. Here's how to not be shaken, even though you're going to be shaken, <laughs> even though you're going to fall away. When you return, you'll strengthen your brothers. I'm praying for you. I'm I'm not going to stop loving you. So when you come to yourself like the prodigal son, here's how to sit in my love. Here's how to just sit there. <laughs> he who sits yeah. in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. If you don't sit there, you don't get that love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I I want you to speak to something also, Liz, <laughs> and that is because I I sense something coming out just not from your heart but your spirit just then when you said how sad uh, oh. if we would reject. Mm-hmm. that we would reject his love. Mm-hmm. Can you talk? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's kind of a weird thing that we would come into relationship as a Christian with God, but then live our lives um, distant from him, distant mm-hmm. from his love and not understanding that. Not, I'm not talking about in a men, you know, mental capacity. I'm talking right. about experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And as um, Christians, it's really easy just to kind of get into the lifestyle of, you know, church and ministry and all of that and actually forget to abide in the love of God. And that is, it's a sad place to live. And yeah. it's unfortunate that we end up in those places because you have to be intentional, right? Like uh, is it Jude says, you know, to keep yourself in the love of God. There's mm-hmm. an actual, it's a position you have mm-hmm. to, it's a proximity. You have mm-hmm. to keep yourself in it. It's an abiding there. And, and you can easily just slip into autopilot where you're doing all the things, but you are not living in this embrace of love. <laughs> and it's like, that is, um, and I've done both. <laughs> I've yeah. done the, I'm just pretty the, sure everybody listening has done both. <laughs> just the routine of things and you just get so dry and, but, and it's like, you have this amazing well of love that you can live in and you can give and you can receive and always be full and always be accepted and always be um, embraced if you would just put yourself there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you would just turn your attention toward him and take a minute out of your busyness and really lock eyes with him, like that's the place. And as you were, you know, as you asked that question, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, one of the most essential things about love that we forget is that faith works by love. Yeah. And so many times we're trying to have faith, like we're trying to, you know, believe for things and we're trying to live in a faith-filled life, but we're not keeping ourselves rooted in the love of God and it yeah. doesn't work. Otherwise, you're just trying to muster up faith from some, like, something inside of you. 
rather than like the source of it's actually love is the source. It's the motivation behind faith. Wow. Well, we went off to a deep end there all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, yeah, it is a sad thing if you uh, reject embracing the love of God. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad, not just a sad thing, but it's a sad place, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so more questions for you. Well, one of these you started to answer, I think, in many ways, but why do we need the love of God? Why do we actually need it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's what we're created for. Yeah. I think if you, if, you, if you don't make room for the love of God, if you don't learn to live in that mm-hmm. place, you will, there is a, a part of you that's designed for it, and you'll fill it with other things. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we need it, David? Why do we need the love of God? Yeah. Because it, without that, you're just you're missing out on what life is. Are you saying you're you know, nothing without it? Um, I wouldn't say you're nothing. I, I would say that I, I don't I don't even know how to yeah. put it into words. We're created to be loved. If you don't feel that you're loved, you you lose hope completely. Yeah. There's no reason to live without love. And I'm without gonna, the I'm ultimate gonna, love, I'm going to go bold on this and just say, I, I'm gonna, I know you You say it's hard to say you're nothing, but I'm going to actually say without the love of God, then eternally, right. what are you? Right. You're, you're, everything's a shell. Everything's, you know, it's, it's vapor. It's mm-hmm. lost. It's, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And uh, to recognize, that's why, I mean, because God is love. <laughs> and right. so what it is, is what, what are, what are we without him? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're referencing what Paul said in First Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. Like, even if mm-hmm. I deliver up my body to be burned as a martyr right. without love, I'm nothing. He said I'm nothing. Um, and that means like I'm I'm moving outside of God. I'm doing yeah. things that are outside of God. Mm-hmm. And in God is the in Him is where there is eternal value and significance. And so, if you step outside of love, you you step into your own wheelhouse. You step into like I'm going to create my own future. I'm going to create my own dreams, my own agenda, and that just won't last. The sun will explode, the galaxy will go down to nothing, and it will be forgotten. Okay, that's just yeah. that's what science tells us is going to happen. Right. So the only things that matter are eternal things, and those are things that are within God, and God is love. So that might be a little bit of a progression, like a, a way of reasoning, but you have to reason that out. And so it just it helps you be motivated to seek the love of God and to seek to abide in him mm-hmm. because sometimes i think people want that but they don't seek after it they don't sit there they don't put themselves in, in front of the fire and if they do they give up after a few minutes mm-hmm. and that's not how relationships work <laughs> that's not how connection works that's not how intimacy works um god wa- says you need me and i in a sense i need you he created us for a relationship. He created us as a bride. He created us out of the side of Jesus that was pierced to be with him forever. And he wants that time. He wants the intimacy. He wants us to share everything with him. He wants to share with us. I think about Abraham um, with Jesus or with, with God. And God's like, am I going to do something without sharing it with my friend Abraham? That, yeah. that just blows my mind. I just think about this tent where God's in there with Abraham. Mm-hmm. And he has other people in there that are great friends of his that really spend the time to love him. And, you know, Jesus is a great friend to all of his people, but not all of his people are great friends to him. So now you've made a lot more questions come up in my mind for you too. <laughs> uh, so some I'll get back to relating to 1 Corinthians 13, but also what I'm hearing now is that, uh, I, I want to put it this way. If you don't pursue love, then it isn't love. 
Yeah, I think yeah, love requires yeah. intentionality. <laughs> yeah, God's very intentional in the way right. He loves. He pursues. He's very he pursues us, right? He pursues. And if we're not pursuing back, yeah, then that means we're not loving. Right. Yeah. You can receive love. Uh huh. That doesn't mean you're loving someone back. But it's a one way. Then it's right. a, that's not really love. That's grace. Right. It's receiving grace. Yeah. Love is a two way street. Like there is unconditional love. There is that. There is one-sided right. love. There's one-sided covenant that God made with Abraham. He's like, I'm going to fulfill both sides. I'm going to become a man. Right. I'm going to fulfill it. But that enables a response, like I started off by saying, that he right. deserves to be loved in return. Right. That has to be there. <laughs> well, yeah. So. Yeah, like I said, love not pursued. I, I just can't see it as love. It's, it's something, I mean, you can go buy love that's not pursued back to you, right? I mean, you just go get it. And so it's yeah. an interesting uh, situation there. It, it's a requirement of God. One-sided yeah. love is not relationship, Mm-mm. right? And that's that's actually that's what He desires the most. Yeah, not good ministry, although that's wonderful, but it has to be motivated by love, right? Right, not miracles, which are wonderful, but have to be motivated by love. I mean, in God's economy and God's kingdom, love is the source of everything. That's the, yeah. it's the root, it's the beginning and it's the end. It's like, that is the all in all. And if we're trying, like David said, like if you're trying to do things outside of that, you're doing it outside of God. You're missing the reason for being in relationship with him. You're missing the reason for being a Christian. Mm-mm. Yes. If we're, if we're not complete, like living a relationship of love with God first and with people after that, oh, yeah. we are missing the reason why we are even doing this thing. So that gets me back to, uh, I said, I'll get back to 1 Corinthians 13, because <laughs> apparently 1 Corinthians 13 was written to unbelievers, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, it's crazy apparently it was, it was his, his, his church, right? <laughs> yeah. To the people he first loved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's an instruction to his people, mm-hmm. which is mind-boggling to me. Like he has, I mean, he's talking to his own people about what love really looks like. Right. Love has to ripen. John talks about perfect love. Yeah. Love that's come to maturity. It's come to a right place. God puts his love in you, but his love grows. He grows it by the spirit. He breathes on it. He stirs it up and it grows in the knowledge of him. It grows as you sit with him in, in the secret place and as you live with him and as you keep his commandments, his love in you grows to maturity. And I've been praying about that this week of like, Lord, why is it when um, I feel attacked or I feel like I'm under pressure that so much bitterness and sourness is coming out of me? And he's like, well, your love is not ripe. Like your love is not perfected. And that's what we do pursue our time with him because as we're with him, he perfects our love in us. He more perfectly radiates and manifests himself in us. And he Mm -hmm. is love. He is perfect love. So then eventually we get to the point like Jesus where when we're hung on a cross, we say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That he he had perfect love. His love was completely not self-interested. But our love has to develop to that point. It's not just, oh, yeah, you know, I'm saved. I have the love of God in me now. Right. So I'm going to do it. Like that (laughs) short circuits relationship. Love is a nice word. Yeah. If we leave it there, it's just a word. It's really nothing. Mm-hmm. The word without action, without uh, pursuit, without uh, intensity. Well, that's not love, right? That's mm-hmm. counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Un, you know, the word says well, we're supposed to love with unfeigned love, right. which is yeah. pure, which is 
uh, not counterfeit, which is authentic. And that is all that the love of God is. You can't love with the love of God selfishly. Yeah. You can't love with the love of God with um, stinginess. Mm. Like that's not the love of God. Maybe that's your own uh, feeling, you know, different kinds of love, mm-hmm. Leo love, brother, mm-hmm. you know, or other kinds of <laughs> love. Yeah. Um, but the love of God requires selflessness. It requires agape love. laying down your life. It requires action. Mm-hmm. That's actually the only way to love is with action. With agape. So you started off with a joke. It's but not you just said, a feeling. Oh, no. This you is not said, a joke. oh, it's cold. You know, the love, <laughs> yeah. there's cold down here. Love right. can't be, but love also can't be cold. All right. It's the song of Solomon says it's flashes or flashes of fire, right. the very flame of the Lord. Many waters can't quench it. Right. It's a it's a furnace because it's born of the Holy Spirit, who's a sevenfold flame. Like we we have to understand where love is coming from, right? And we're saying, oh yeah, I love people. You know, I love them in the Lord. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I love them. I, uh, I said a prayer. Lord, Lord, bless their day. Uh, you know, that's not love. <laughs> that's not love. That's going to the mat and interceding and praying and serving and um, it's just not. And so, if you can't admit, hey, my love is cold. My love is not enough right now, Lord. It's lukewarm. Um, you know, I think maybe I've been loving in certain areas, but I'm probably wrong. Put your fire in me. That's where it starts. You have to be able to repent in that way and understand what the love of God is and let him birth that in you. Or you can just pretend that your religion is enough and your religion is actually love. Right. It's not. That's it just no, isn't. Right. So I have more questions for you. Um, and this is, an, this is interesting because some of the stuff you're saying is making me think beyond these questions, which is good. Um, <laughs> so... A, a more sterile question is, what does the love of God do? That's what I wrote. Mm. But what I really wanted to talk to is, what does the love of God do for you? <laughs> like, what happens when you experience the love of God? And we can get into that, how you experience the love of God, too, however you guys want to take it. But it's a very personal thing. What does the love of God do to you? How, what's the effect it has on your life? Yeah. Um, for me... Um, when I experience the love of God, I'm completely known, I'm completely known and completely loved, but also called to, um, there's always a call. It's always a call deeper. It's always a call to purify. It's always a call because that re- that's what's required to go deeper. So um, the love of God for me is, it's, it's home. It is like this place where I was always meant to be and I always will be. And it's it's like you step out of the temporal into the eternal and everything else that doesn't matter kind of falls away. But there's always a call deeper. I don't know. That's so I want to bring you speaking of deeper. I want to go yeah. deeper end on this. Yeah. What happens? Does the love of God only come from love from God or do you ever experience the love of God from others? Oh, absolutely. Experience what does that do? What does that do for you? Now, I know what you were saying, you know, when you're a cult, you know, when God calls you and draws you into a place of love with him, yeah. and, you know, who can it's, explain all of that? For me, it's the that, same but, thing. When I, when oh, really? I experience love of God from people, I experience this complete, um, like being known, being loved, but also a call to repent at the same time. And I mean like repent from your sins, condemning. I mean like, um, it just, it like awakens something in you when you really experience the love of God, whether it's in your quiet time with him or whether it's through people who love you. For me, it always like brings me back and like 
calls my spirit to turn away from all of the other things that I've allowed in my life, allowed to take my attention, allowed to distract me, things I've given my affections to outside of Mm -hmm. him. It always like calls me back to him, whether it's in my private time or whether it's experiencing it with people. Hmm. It's this weird thing. It's like being completely loved, accepted, known, and then still called Mm -hmm. deeper. Wow. David, now we're going to bring you to uh, that end. I now, always. What, what is it? Well, for you, and I want to be specific. Okay. The love of God, you know, what does it do for you from God? And what does it do for you or to you, with you, mm-hmm. from people? I always want more. I just always want more. When I taste that of him, I'm like, I just want to stay here all day. If it's in my quiet time, I don't even want to have someone say, let's, let's go to Disneyland. I'd rather just stay there. I'd rather just be in, in the love of God. I love, I love Magic Mountain. I love Disneyland. I love all those things. Viper is an amazing ride at Six Flags Magic Mountain. It's nothing compared to sitting in the house of the Lord, in his temple, beholding him. I'm not just saying that in a religious way. I literally don't even, this might sound sinful or bad, I don't want to talk to my family when I'm in that place. I don't want to talk to my wife or my kids because I'm with the Lord. There's nothing better than that perfect love. There's just There's nothing better than that. The, you know, it says in John 17, the love with which the father loved Jesus is the love that he has for me. How much he loved Jesus is how much he loves me. I'm an adopted son of his. There's a distinction between me and the begotten son, but there's no difference to God. Yeah. There's no difference. He's like, you're my beloved son, David. That's insane. How can he love me as much as he loves Jesus? But that's in the Bible. And you can taste that. You can experience that. Um, and when I, when I encounter that in another human that has that sort of a selfless love and is stirring me up towards God, I'm like, I want to hang out with that person all the time. That's the person I want to call. That's the person I want to meet up with. That's the person I want to spend time with because I just want more. That's, that's what eternity is. We, we will need eternity for this. We'll need an infinite amount of time to be with the love of God. I just want more of it. Wonderful. So, when you're hanging with someone and you're experiencing the love of God, does that build your faith? Does that build? Well, the other thing is, what does it do to the love of God you have going for you in your life? <laughs> yeah, what does it do? What happens? It stirs there? you up to love and good works. Is, is it effectual? Is it? Does it like? Sometimes it 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 helps. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes I mean, what if, what effect does it have on your life? Yeah, I, I, it absolutely stirs my faith. It secures my heart. And I think mm. that that is like when you're, when you're in love, uh, fear goes away, right? There's mm-hmm. the, cause they can't exist in the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and so then for, um, what I experience is when I'm in that place of security, my heart is secured. Um, fear is, mm-hmm. um, dissolved or, you know, rejected in that place. Faith blossoms yeah. <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it brings things into focus and it also like, um, when your heart becomes secured again and becomes rooted again, um, you remember, like you walk in that and you can, you can be that for other people. Mm -hmm. I believe it's like that we affect each other that way. I believe that one of the greatest things we do as believers for each other is remind each other of the love of God. Mm -hmm. And we, um, experience that from each other, right? That's what Jesus says. They will know that you're my disciples because of the love you have for each mm-hmm. other. Like that's, 
the love that you show is how we know that we are disciples of Christ. And it's one of the greatest benefits, I believe, of walking with people. Yeah. And I, I know like both of you have commented on John 17 and how God, Jesus himself, talked directly to the love of God and how we should have it amongst ourselves. And then also I've heard a couple of you say, you know, about how faith works by love and in its full context and all that, the, um, it's energized by love. So our faith, which is more, it's, it's what we believe and it's what we do. Yes. It's who we are actually Absolutely. in many ways is how we manifest out. And so it has this, um, uh, uh, energetic, a, a response or effect, I would say, be more, you know, uh, strategic. It's a, has a this love has this effect on our faith that it pushes us, it uh, presents us, yeah. it causes us to do something. You mean uh, when you know you're loved, you trust more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> faith working through love. Yeah, love motivates more faith because you're like, he loves me so much. Uh-huh. I trust him. Yeah. He died for me. You'll That's how risk much he loves more. me. <laughs> yeah. You'll risk more too yeah. mm-hmm. when you're loved. Yeah. When you're secured in relationship because your relationship doesn't depend on your performance or if you succeed or not. And so you will risk more. You'll step out in faith in ways that you won't if you're not secured in love. Yeah. Well, I think about, like I say, there's so many scriptures that start rolling through, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, love of God, you know, it constrains us. It, yeah. it keeps us. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that's implying there, but there's this effect that yeah. the love of God has on us and has on our behavior actually yes on what we actually do in life not mm-hmm. just it's not just an ethereal thing like i said i want that's why i wanted to ask both of you okay um most people when we talk about the love of god you're going to talk about your intimacy and your secret place with him which is you know awesome right. and most of the time you really can't put it into words yeah uh, not not effectively right. because you go there and you're with him yeah. and who can it's explain spirit that, right spirit. Yeah. but god was very clear Okay, and in John, he talked, you know, John talks about this in his epistles that we have this love that, you know, with this invisible God going on. But if we don't love one another who we can see, how does that work, that love with him, the invisible God? Which is so he brings it into this reality, this tangible. And so I think, you know, people, you know, listening to this, we're talking about this. Uh, a lot of times as Christians, we can get so ethereal with our love that we are of no earthly use. We And meanwhile, God, he positioned his love and sent his love and presses his love and continues to send his love through Holy Spirit, Romans 5, through the, this, this amazing uh, connection with our God and expects that love to come out. Mm-hmm. Expects it to actually manifest mm-hmm. tangibly in the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's how we know we're his. Yeah. That's how people around us know that we're his. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get to know him also. Mm-hmm. They get to see the expression of God's love manifested in us and through us, yeah. like in reality. And when they mm-hmm. see that, like uh, l- my love for uh, son David <laughs> here, then people, you know, that'll be like, oh, Oh wait a minute! Wait, he—you're not actually his father, his physical father. He has a great, or had a very great physical father, but uh, as a father in the faith, you, there's this love, this care, and when yeah. people see that, they're like, "Huh? Yeah. Uh, how do I tap into something like that?" <laughs> right? <laughs> or uh, the love of a son back toward you know a father in the faith, mm-hmm. if you will. 
what does that look like? Like, how does that work? Or daughter in the faith, or you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and how we are toward each other, the the friendship we have with mm -hmm. each other. It's not just father, son, daughter. It's all also you know friends. It's also um, you know together we're walking this out. And when people mm -hmm. see that, they are drawn to him because mm -hmm. you can't get that and you can't buy that. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, there's really this side of God's love that you mentioned earlier about pursuit, his relentless yeah. love. And that's um, that's where the rubber meets the road is how relentless is our love is our love covenant love toward our spouse, toward our kids, toward our, our uh, faith community, our church um, towards the lost. Are we willing to go after them in a way that, yeah, it's beautiful, but it looks ugly. <laughs> you know, it's like to go forgive again and again and again to go again in love like Hosea chapter three, his wife left him and was sold into slavery as an emblem of, uh, of Israel leaving God and becoming a prostitute. And God said to Hosea, go again in love, mm -hmm. go again in love. That's what God does. He doesn't give up on his kids. He doesn't give up on his bride. He continually pursues relentlessly. That's love. That's out of his heart. And so a lot of times we think of love like, yeah, I want to pursue God because he's worthy. That's so key. He should be loved in return. That's what I started off by saying. Mm -hmm. There is a pursuit of the worthy. That's the love of God. But there's a pursuit of the unworthy. Hmm. That is Jesus. <laughs> that is the son of man coming to seek and save the lost. That is him coming not to be served, but to serve. That is him coming not to be enter, enter the city on a white horse, but on a donkey. That's him coming to a cross. That's him dying for thieves and murderers and sinful people and heathens and you know people that blaspheme him. That's him dying for religious people that try to do it on their own, just over and over pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. And what you're saying is, is so on it that if, you, if you've really experienced that love from God in your unworthiness, yeah, you'll pursue the one who's worthy, God, but you will pursue other people that are, that are not getting in mm -hmm. because you want them to experience the same thing that you're experiencing. You know that there's no difference between you. God's chosen each of you. God makes a choice to love. He elects and then he seeks and then he dies and then he redeems and then he indwells and then he resurrects and then he glorifies and then he dwells for all of eternity. He has this absolutely unrelenting pursuit of us. So That's we so have wonderful. to raise our standard yeah. of what we think of when we think of God's love. When you're saying that, David, I'm here, I'm, I'm thinking we, we had in ourselves nothing to offer him no not at to all to give not nothing um we had negative nothing yeah we have <laughs> nothing of you know tangible you know ability reality yeah. worth if you will nothing he actually had to provide everything we need even just to come to him right mm -hmm. he, you know we come to him he loves us first. That's why we came. Yeah. It wasn't because Amen. we, you know, did something and we, Amen. you know, we were so great or we had some, you know, he, he just really want, you know, he, he had, you know, he had, I realized, you know, he probably created a need in him to love us. You know, he had to actually make that happen, <laughs> which is beyond, yeah. you know, well, that's why a person would go to their death for us and sure. that kind of thing. But in reality, without, with, uh, you know, we were lost. We are no hope. We had, no way of, of you know and he, and so when we start tapping in the love of god and i when i say tapping in i don't mean just accessing his love i mean manifesting and bringing mm -hmm. his love into the Praise earth god. the way he is mm -hmm. we 
will go after people who have nothing to offer us. Yeah. Mm. Nothing. Right. And we will continue to pursue people, maybe people we know, maybe Christian people, maybe not Christian people, who have nothing. We have nothing to gain from them mm-hmm. and everything to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's actually manifesting the love of God. I know that's tapping a lot into, you know, David and his evangelistic part cuz I know from uh, from being with him a lot and that heart toward people who don't know Jesus. It's they're they're lost. They have nothing and yet he he wants to go get them and give them and show them and manifest to them the love of God. And that is like to me that's the real that's really showing that's real evangelism. That's actually pursuing with God's love people. Well, I'll just be honest. I don't feel that way if I'm not consistently abiding in his love. Right. I don't want to get people. I want to get right. people away from me. <laughs> it's his beautiful love. It's his overwhelming riches of love and grace that when you experience it, you're like, oh, you totally see the world completely differently. Right. You have completely different lenses on. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, this is how a person lives that has completely different lenses. Somebody takes this guy's jacket away and he's like, take the shirt too. Right. I don't have any stake in this world. I'm here to love you. I'm not here to keep anything. I'm here to love you. I'm here to give you things. You can't take away from me more than I want to give to you. Yeah. That's <laughs> like crazy. Yes. But we don't have that. We can't manifest that if we don't encounter that. Well, I believe also we sometimes, maybe most of the time, we take on a worldly concept of what love is, even God's love. And we associate it with it uh, feelings. So I have to have a feeling of love towards somebody that's love. Once I've lost the feeling, the love is gone. Lost that love and feeling? Yeah, I've lost that love and feeling. Mm. Way to go. (laughs) You lost that love. I love that song. (laughs) But but the reality is uh, if we're dependent on how we, our feelings, then we are not really tapping into the actual love of God. Because God, who is love, looked on us in our sin. He probably didn't feel great about us in our sin, <laughs> right? He probably still doesn't when we sin today. There was no, there's no feeling of, oh, I like that. I like that person. I like what they're doing. No. It, it, matter of fact, I would say there's actually intense hatred against the sin. Indignation. Indignation. Exactly that. Which, you know, that's probably not preached very well in Christianity <laughs> now because everything's love. But that's but why he's indignant. Yes. He loves the person. Right. But it's world it's like I said, it's worldly love that we've mm-hmm. we've adopted a world view of what love is. And meanwhile, this God's love is intense. It pursues, it 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 so it, 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 it gives <laughs> and it's it's re- and it doesn't tolerate um Sin. Oh. oh, did I just use the S word? I'm yeah, sorry. I'll take that back out of here. No, <laughs> I'll, don't back take that it out. I'll back that one out mm-hmm. <laughs> for now. What do you think, Liz? I think there's a decision to love. Yeah. Um, in many places in the Bible, it talks about setting, like God set his love on mm-hmm. someone yep. or David set his love. Yeah. You know, like there's a decision to set your love on somebody, to set, to fix your love on somebody. And that yeah, has nothing yeah. to do with feeling. That has everything to do with decision has everything to do with will has everything Mm -hmm. to do with um having an eternal perspective that bypasses feelings bypasses emotions bypasses temporary circumstances yeah that's actually if we're loving like god that's that's what he does he sets his love on us even though maybe uh yeah we're not lovely 
Oh yeah. He keeps mm-hmm. going. Like you read the prophets, like mm. in, in Jeremiah, he's like, I did all this for you. And I thought you would call me <laughs> my father. It's like his broken heart. He's like, I did this for you. I have loved you. I remember your devotion in the days of the wilderness. I remember. He's like, he will love them to the end, whether they respond or not. But he's like, I want you to respond. Yeah. How come you don't respond? How come you trade your glory? How come you leave the well of living waters and dig other wells? Why? He's like so broken over it. Ah, oh, man. Like he's, he yeah. wants the response so much, but he will not stop his love. So that brings me to a part, which I actually want to talk about and want you to express toward our audience, actually, people listening and watching. And um, these, I'm going to do it with a question, but you can bring it anywhere you like. Is there anything that we do that either modifies or changes the love of God toward us? No. Wow. That was a quick no, huh? <laughs> so I want, and the reason I want to say this, and I want you to speak to, I want you to speak to people from your heart, you know, and maybe it's prophetically, maybe, you know, by the spirit of God. Um, because I know there's people who, when they've sinned or when they're struggling in some way or when they're suffering in some way or when they, you know, whatever, just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it happens to be there, maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're, you know, you know, it could be a million reasons. Something didn't happen right. Maybe they suffered a loss that, um, all of a sudden they feel like the love of God has changed toward them. Mm-hmm. So could you speak to people about that? I really put you on the spot, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that God's nature is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He mm. loves perfectly, even though we may not understand um, things that happen around us. It does not change the nature of God. It's, he says that he is, even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. He is constant. He's unchanging. And so there has to come a decision in our lives when things come that we don't understand, when things come that we maybe think um, would move us out of the love of God. We have to come back to the truth of that the love of God is changing and there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Mm. Even life or death, any demon, angels, mm. any situation, p- principalities, powers, all the things yes. that are lifted there, listed there is listed for a reason because we can walk into situations and feel like well i'm in this this atmosphere right i'm this principality i'm separated god can't reach me through this i'm in this relationship i'm in this sin i'm in this sickness i've been through this trauma and all none of those things can separate you from the love of god if you will receive it and that is really the question and it and it's we have to make a decision to get past what we think love is, if he if if he loved me, he would do this, yeah. right? How many times you hear that like in a rom com? Oh. If you loved me, you would do this. <laughs> if you love me, you would do this. And we put out these our definitions of what love looks like, rather than going to the truth of the mm. word of what love actually is. That God so loved the world that He True gave love. His Son, mm. and there is nothing that can remove that from you. There is mm. nothing 
that can pull you out of the depth of relationship with Jesus who gave himself for you. And I understand there's hard things. I understand there's things that we don't understand and that cause us to question and cause us to doubt sometimes. Mm. But if we have to make a decision to come back to the truth and to trust in the nature of God who is love and who will eternally be love. And that's why I always say like it requires an eternal perspective because your love relationship with God is not just what happens here on this earth. It is something that is eternal that can never be taken from you if you will set your love on him and receive his love <laughs> he loved you when uh, yeah. when you were not seeking him <laughs> yeah. when you were his enemy that was when he shed his blood uh, he said i'm ready to be found by those who are not seeking me that's the love that he has it's not based on your performance it says in first corinthians that it's by the father that we're in christ jesus and it says in Ephesians that in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons. So if God could stop loving Jesus, he could stop loving you because you are in Jesus. So whatever the father feels about Jesus, whatever he, whatever commitment of love he has, whatever eternal covenant of love he has, whatever everlasting love he has for his son, he has for you, his son, his daughter. Hmm. There is no difference in his love towards Jesus and towards you. That's what the Bible teaches. You are not less righteous than Jesus. You are not less holy than Jesus. You are not farther away from the Lord than Jesus. Jesus shares the throne of the Father, and he says, you've been seated in him in heavenly places. It says in Revelation 3, you will share his throne if you overcome. There's no separation. There's unity. There's no separation. If you could separate the Father from the Son, you could separate Father from you. You cannot do it. If you could break his covenant with the moon and the stars and the fixed times and the seasons, you could stop him from being faithful in his love to his people. Jeremiah 33. If you could stop that, you could stop his love, but you cannot stop that. Liz said, um, referenced Malachi where it said, I, the Lord, do not change, therefore you're not consumed. Why does God love you? Because God is love. Mm -hmm. The reason God loves you is because of God, not because of you. So if God could stop change himself, then I guess you would have a question of if he could stop loving you. The question is whether you are going to receive that love or not. Right. That's and, the question. And yeah, and in Matthew, I know 24, Jesus warned about the love of God growing cold in people because of iniquity. And yeah. uh, iniquity, I, when I hear that, I can say it comes in a lot of flavors. It could come in outright sin and uh, against God, against people. Uh, it could come from uh, a heart that condemns a person, your own heart, from just not uh, uh, feeling right, maybe because, like we said earlier, something that's happened, some trauma that's happened or something. And uh, it's interesting to me, just like it's cold in here right now, <laughs> the, that we can allow that love that's in us to grow cold. It doesn't necessarily disappear it grows cold hardened if you will so that it's not pliable and willing to go out and give it's not willing to warm the things around it it's not willing to affect the things around it it's like a little ice cube sitting on the corner there the only thing it does is well if you put your you know your pepsi on there you know, on it, then it makes your Pepsi cold. Mm -hmm. So it brings everything to that. Whereas um, the uh, love of God, when it's pursued, 
when it's heated, when it's warm, when it's intense, when it gives, it actually affects everything around it. And, you know, as opposed to, a, like I said, an ice cube that will only affect the things that come in contact and touch it and be drawn into its coldness. Whereas heat, I believe it comes in, it starts to expand and it starts to affect things all around it and it uh, touches people. It touch, and so that love of God, you know, that's uh, shed abroad in our hearts mm-hmm. um, is so intense and so made to give. Mm-hmm. It's not made to sit, sit stagnant or sit on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, but we have to be careful how we, I believe, how we guard it. In our own souls, because like both of you have talked to people, and I believe there's people that have heard this and, you know, are in a place where they just, um, they're drawing back. They're they're thinking the love of God changed for them, just like David was saying. It's like he can't change. He is. (laughs) So he won't change. He is love. (laughs) He is love. So he's not going to change that. He is what he can't change who he is. I am who I am. Yeah, I am who I am. Right, exactly. And and the reality is how people, um, when they're in a hard place, and like I said, that's why I wanted us to speak to people who are in hard places. And they can be in difficult, I mean, there's all degrees of hard places. Um, but how they um, uh, draw back. And I would recommend anybody listening to this, that if you find yourself either slipping into that place or in that place, that one of the things to do is actually go find somebody with the love of God. Pursue somebody that you know just in your, even if it's just naturally, like this person, they're not perfect, but they have something going on there with God or love, and bringing yourself into the presence of that person <laughs> rather than isolating yourself, because that's exactly what uh, fear, which is the opposite of love, wants to do. It wants to isolate a person, bring them, you know, and I think it's a strategic move by the enemy, and sometimes, like I said, by our own heart condemning us to isolate us and keep us away from the people who we need because they're actually manifesting and expressing the love of God. Maybe not perfect, mm-hmm. not perfectly, mm-hmm. but they are, they are a source of the love of God. Yeah. When that source between you and God, that thing we talked about earlier that's hard to put our hands on and tangible and it's more ethereal because it's so private and personal, that which is... And I actually believe it's completely true, completely. Re- it is more reality than mm-hmm. the stuff we have here. Mm-hmm. But the but God knows how we're wired, and He understands how we are with each other. And so I would speak to someone that's in a place of either uh, depression or pain or feeling that they're separated from God in some way. That that's that's not the end of the story, but. Even if you feel like, well, God shut his ear off to me. Because people, when you get in that place, we everyone's been in that place, if you're honest. Mm-hmm. You get to a place where, like, you know, he's not listening. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't love me. And, uh, and I would say there is a remedy and a solution that God presented here on the earth. When he put the love of God by Holy Spirit 
into people Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that people would manifest Holy Spirit, not him, not just by the way they pray in tongues, <laughs> not, right? right? Not by the just by the way we can preach the word of God, which all of those are awesome, great things. But mostly important, how we can be and show the love of God to others. So I would say, you want help, there's help. Bring yourself to someone mm. that you know, or you just have an inkling that they might love God somehow. Yeah, There's and, also, yeah one thing that causes people to lose hope is they don't understand that God loves them through disciplining them. Yeah. So if you're not sensing the love of God, it could be because he loves you. He could be trying to form something in you. Um, yeah. You cannot grow weary when you're disciplined by the Lord. Yeah. Hebrews 12. You can't think it lasts forever. You can't do it alone. You got to be mm-hmm. with someone like pastor mm-hmm. Bob said, but he loves you because he loves you because you're a son That's why he chastens you. That's why he disciplines you. That's why he corrects you. That's why sometimes things in your life are not working out perfectly because God is trying to manifest peaceful fruit of righteousness in you. He's trying to love you in a way to say like, I love you so much, I'm going to bring you to this new place. It might hurt a little bit. (laughs) And you can't say, well, I'm not experiencing the love of God. Maybe that's how you're experiencing the love of God. Yeah. Maybe that's how much he cares about you, that he's birthing something new in you. He's breathing something new in you and it might not feel pleasant. No discipline feels pleasant. Mm -hmm. I just feel led to put that out there that go to Hebrews 12, go to James chapter three, study the discipline of God, how it's an expression of his love towards you um, and walk with people through that. That season doesn't last forever. Right. I also think that sometimes when we get in times where we um, we're struggling in our faith or struggling Mm -hmm. in our relationship with the Lord, we feel like we have to fix it before we can come back and talk to him, right. you know? So good. And I, I think that there's these, well, I know that there's these places that we go through, we're struggling. Um, you need to talk to the Lord about it. Like invite him into mm-hmm. that place, have a very real conversation. Like, Lord, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like you love me. I don't experience that, but I want to, would you, yeah. would you bring me an encounter with your love? Yeah. Would you take me into something that I haven't known before? If we can just get past the place where we feel like we have to fix everything first and find the solution before we can come back to God and actually just invite him into the mess, mm. invite him into the struggle. Yeah. He just wants to be invited in and he will help you. He, when I learned this in my prayer time with the Lord, yeah. changed everything. Like yeah. I don't have to figure out this first and fix myself and then talk to God. I just invite him in. Lord, I'm not sure if I love you right now. <laughs> But I want to, and I know I should. Can you please help me? Help me change the way I'm thinking. Help me in the places I'm not seeing clearly. Help me to to whatever's blocking, whatever's blocking me from sensing you and whatever's blocking me from hearing you. Would you help me in this place? Would you give me the desire to love you? Would you give me the desire to love people? I struggle Mm -hmm. with that. You know, it's like just invite him into that place. He's so willing. He's so generous. He's so good that he doesn't just expect you just to figure it out and do what you're supposed to do. He's like, whatever you need, he will supply it. Just ask him. That's good. I hope that you all hear the heart of the Lord with uh, what David and Liz have been speaking. And um, I'm just reminded as Liz was talking, and I'm going to put that out to you today as we end this time together, but we're not ending the love of God, (laughs) that um, just as I am, I come. And that's should if you're struggling out there today, or maybe just not as hot as you should be, mm-hmm. 
that is a good place to start with God. It's just God, just as I am, I'm, I'm coming to you today. And start there and see what his love does for you. He loves you. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, go to spiritschoolofministry.com.